0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159. The SportsGrid. A radio network. Over the course of the next hour, you know what we're going to talk about. Supposedly, there's a big game next weekend. Something called a Super something. A Super Bowl. Super Bowl Fifty Six. Talk on today's show. On tomorrow's show. On next week's show. Today, of course, we're going to be breaking down the props and the prop markets with my good friend and special guest, Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports V uh, at Cal Sports LV on Twitter. Ralph is going to talk to us about the coin toss, the first play of the game, runner pass, the team to score first wins, the team to score last wins, score the first six minutes of the game, score last two minutes of the first half, score last two minutes of the second half, safeties, defensive special teams, touchdowns. Ralph's got the historical numbers on all of these and more, and we're going to go through them one at a time and talk about what we can expect based on the historical data. It should be a good in-depth discussion with Ralph Michaels about the Super Bowl props, and I'm telling you, we got a whole host of them. I don't know if we're going to get through them all in this hour, but we're going to try. But before we get into Ralph, and before we start talking Super Bowl props, there are other sports going right now, obviously. Yeah, yeah, baseball's on strike already, Uh, and boy, that does not look good (laughs) for what it's worth. Uh, If you're an MLB fan, and I am, if you like handicapping baseball, and I do, uh, to see The tea leaves on the wall right now for MLB in terms of getting the season started on time, it does not look good uh, at all uh, right now. There has been precious little progress in negotiations uh, between the players union and the owners, at least so far in MLB. And that's two sides that would behoove themselves to figure something out. But I'm telling you, it does not smell right. It doesn't smell good. Already, uh, spring training is supposed to start what next week? Not going to happen. But obviously, this weekend football-heavy shows. You know, it's Super Bowl time. Nonetheless, there's a couple of things worth noting about for the NBA that I do want to talk about at the top of the show. Two factors over the course of the next week, between now uh, and what's the uh, I guess the the trading deadline. So let's start with the trading deadline, okay? Uh, It's next Thursday, February 10th. Let's talk a couple of things here. Number one, there are going to be buyers and sellers. Teams that are buying. Teams that get a star on trade deadline day. It doesn't make them better day one. (laughs) The betting markets go crazy. Oh, my God, they got another star. Look, this team's going to be four points better than they were. It doesn't initially. It might Two weeks in, a month in, once they get used to playing with one another. But a lot of times the buyers at the trading deadline end up being overvalued commodities, at least initially. And of course, with the trading deadline upon us in the NBA, that gives you one more thing you got to worry about when you're making wagers. That's players getting pulled because they just got traded. You know, we've seen NBA lines bounce around like crazy on game day all year long and this isn't going to change it, it's going to add more volatility it's not just injuries it's not just uh, you know game time decisions it's not just COVID tests that you have to worry about now guys could be sitting for the next week based on trade rumors, info, etc, etc as well, so it's one more factor that you need to bring into your NBA handicapping uh, obviously, trade deadline not that far away, but it's the kind of thing we got to worry about over the course of the next week, which is why I bring it up here. The other thing we got to talk about in the NBA right now is the All-Star Reserves slash snubs. And the snubs are the key piece uh, of the puzzle. We often see the guys who had good enough seasons to make an All-Star team, but for whatever reason were left off the roster, those guys tend to step up. <laughs> in the game or games immediately after they're left off that roster. And that means that if you're looking at player props, you know, guys like Jared Allen for the Cleveland Cavaliers or Drew Holiday for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, might be guys that you want to highlight there. You know, the two Hornets, LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges, both of whom were certainly worthy candidates, neither of whom got named. Charlotte didn't get an all star. Uh, those are the type of teams that sometimes play with a little chip on their shoulder for a game or two. So you have the individual player props to be aware of with the all And you can do anyone. anyway. Anthony Davis, it doesn't matter. you know. Uh, I mean, DeJounte Murray, uh, there's so many snubs. There are snubs every year. you know. Jaron Jackson from Memphis is a guy that stands out that I thought deserves some uh, consideration. And you can go on and on down the line. Uh, with the player props. And I wouldn't hesitate at all to play some overs with some of these snub guys who come in this weekend with something to prove. But from a team standpoint, and Charlotte, again, stands out to me in particular as a squad that didn't get an all-star, probably deserved one. Maybe they get someone in uh, on an injury replacement. But don't be surprised. A team like Charlotte plays with a little chip on their collective shoulders as well between now. Uh, and uh, the end of the trade deadline slash the All Star Game slash <laughs> uh, the for the next week or two in NBA action. So that's it. All right. I'm not going into NBA. We're not going to talk college hoops. I've done my baseball talk. The rest of this show is Super Bowl all the time. That means Ralph Michaels coming up next. And like I said, so much to talk about. Yeah, we'll do a couple of Super Bowl memories and. Uh, we'll do a little side total breakdown, but props on center stage today. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after this.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Stay on the grid all day, even when you're not tuned in. Just follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. You can follow me on Twitter, at Teddy underscore Covers. And I appreciate the follow Uh, this week as much as any. I'm just shy of 50,000, and I want to get there. It's one of those you're at 49,8, 49,9. It's like, all right, give me 50. I appreciate all the follows, again, at Teddy underscore Covers. And, of course, you can follow today's guest, Ralph Michaels, on Twitter, at cal sports lv and i'll tell you what ralph is as good a follow as there is on twitter because he tweets out so much useful info we're going to spend much of today's show talking about some of the stuff that ralph has tweeted and put together about the super bowl and the props in just a moment but first ralph welcome to the program my friend
2: hey teddy uh my pleasure uh let's get you to 50 today that would be awesome (laughs)
1: yeah, <laughs> no problem here. And hey, out of my you know, the fact that forty nine thousand eight hundred people are interested in anything that I have to say, or just to this day, it baffles me, it amazes me. So I appreciate it uh, for that much. And of course, there are so many shows, Ralph. Throughout the course of the year, I got to decide what am I going to talk about here. And usually during football season, it's easy. You know, we talk college on Saturday, we talk NFL on Sundays. But as soon as the regular season ends, that all changes. You got to decide what are you going to talk about this week. What do people want to hear about this week? Well. That's not the case this week, and it's not the case next week. We know what we're talking about. It's the biggest game in sports. That would be the Super Bowl. And, Ralph, let's start with this nice and simple. They want me, they ask me to tell stories on this show. There are so many handicapping shows and pure handicapping shows on the Sports Grid a Radio Network. I get it. You know, we're a veteran guy, been around a while. We got a lot of Super Bowl stories. And, in fact, next week, I'm going to have a whole show of just Super Bowl memories. But talk to me about your favorite Super Bowls. You've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this a long time. My favorite Super Bowl's got to be two blowouts, to be honest: Bucks, Raiders, one, uh, and Seahawks, Broncos, the other. Both of which I had the right side. It was over early, and there was no sweat whatsoever from start to finish. To me, that's the best kind of Super Bowl. What's your favorite Super Bowl that you can think of?
2: You know, I'm going to go back to 2010, Teddy, and uh, I was watching the championship games, and New Orleans had just won, and, and the Colts had just won, and I made my biggest bet ever on the Saints. My power ratings had that game a few points less, and I was planning the middle and perhaps get a three to middle the game. Well, the line never moved, so I was stuck with the Saints' money with my largest bet ever. They're down (laughs) 10-0 in the first quarter, a couple second-quarter field goals, and, of course, the onside kick. I also had a significant wager on will there be a defensive and special teams touchdown. None until the last three minutes when Terry Porter returns at 74 yards. So no question for me, that was my top Super Bowl. And another one that I thoroughly enjoyed – just a couple years ago when the Patriots played the Rams, I played will there be a touchdown for every player as a no. I think it's a great opportunity because the casinos continue to add more and more players on will there be a touchdown. So I bet every player no, figuring a few are going to score a touchdown. And in that game with only one touchdown scored, of course, New England winning 13-3, to a very profitable, low-scoring only one total touchdown scored in the game. I enjoyed that very boring Super
1: Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, uh, I, I, the boring ones are the ones I like. <laughs> you know, when you got a right side, bucks Raiders was not an exciting Super Bowl. Seahawks, Broncos was as big a blow as you'll find. But when you have that right side and it's over early and you're not sweating and you're having fun with your friends, you know, and cashing this prop and cashing that prop, to me, that's as fun as it get, gets uh, for the Super Bowl. And then there's the other side of the equation, my least favorite Super Bowls. And for me, I mean, there's two that stand out, you know, and they both have the same team in them and the same team beat me both times. That would be Seahawks Patriots, where Marshawn Lynch did not get the ball at the one yard line, and Falcons Patriots, where I thought Atlanta was a right side. Boy, I had Atlanta at every which way. I had them on all the alternate lines. I had the 14.5 and minus 10.5 and a half at all these huge plus prices, minus 7.5, minus 3.5, and, and, of course, for the game, plus 3.5. And, um, and they lost by 6 in overtime, the 28-3. to three, I'll never forget that one. No fun for this better. Not a game, not, not a day that I like to remember. What about you, Ralph, which should both stand out to you as being complete frickin' nightmares?
2: Well, <laughs> I'm going to go back to when I was about 18 years old And it really wasn't the Super Bowl that caused me the grief. I'm talking about the Browns against Oakland in the playoffs, and Brian Sype throws a red-right 88 (laughs) interception. I believe Cleveland was clearly the best team. And then what happens, Oakland goes on to crush Philadelphia 27-10, where I clearly believe the Browns would have been the Super Bowl champs. So, you know, that one sticks out to me as, ugh, you know, I was rooting for Philly to win because at least that might have given me some recourse that the Browns were just one play away from the Super Bowl championship. And then go to the early 90s, I was one of those guys on, well, let's see, Buffalo just lost last year's Super Bowl. There's no way they're going to lose a second. And then there's no way they're going to lose a third. And then there's no way they're going to lose a fourth. So that third and fourth Super Bowl for me, the Bills against the Cowboys twice back to back when they lost four in a row, uh, were two devastating hits that I took. That, uh, I, you know, the due system was in my mind back then. And we know what happens if you bet the due system.
1: Yeah. Well, I, so I was with you on Buffalo for both of the last two Super Bowls. And that was early on in my betting career. And I bet I'm large the second time against Dallas. Was that the game they were leading at halftime, and then just got destroyed, or was that the one that was over before, uh, you know, over early?
2: Yeah, they lost by 14. They lost big in the in the third one, then they lost by 14 in in the third. So uh, the fourth one, it probably was. I don't remember the specific. Yeah, yeah they, they were the leading game.
1: at halftime uh, of that fourth. But thanks for bringing up that memory too, because uh, that was another one where I was uh, uh, hanging out with the people that I was betting against and mocking them early. Um, it did not bode well for me. Oh, I got I got more Super Bowls I hate. I didn't even think about that because there's also Packers Broncos. But uh, I don't want to go too much into that one. That was one where I was I was I was taking all the uh, all the Green Bay I could uh, I could take at even money against suckers. And of course, Denver didn't win that game. Uh, or Denver won that game. Green Bay didn't. Um, let's talk about the Rams and the Bengals. All right. Enough with the. Nightmarish histories, boy, is nothing but. I'm I'm shivering right now with these bad memories. Um, Let's talk about the Rams and the Bengals side and total. Look, the focus here is going to be on props, but obviously, people are interested in opinions about side and total for this game. We've seen the sharp money come for the favorite and the under. We've also seen the sharp money do, I would say, long term at best in the Super Bowl. 50-50. Sharp money doesn't win Super Bowls every year. Uh, What's your take, Ralph? Rams, Bengals, side and total before we get into the props?
2: Well, you know, Teddy, people think, oh, it's the Super Bowl and it's going to be a large bet and every handicapper has an opinion. I really don't have an opinion on the side. You know, I've gone back and forth. I look at the current form of both teams. Uh, You think maybe uh, L.A. has the advantage with a more experienced quarterback and a coach that's been there, but You know, in the last four years, we've seen a head coach in the Super Bowl the first time against an experienced head coach, and they've split. Peterson beat Belichick, and Arians beat um, KC last year. So, you know, that's not the case. Um, The total, though, I will jump to that. I do clearly like under, and I do like under in the first half. The Rams have gone under seven straight. I think the Rams will try to establish the run. We know how... The Rams' defense can get pressure on Burrow. And then I think that one of the biggest deciding factors is you have Jalen Ramsey, you know, covering Cincinnati's best wide receiver. And to me, that's going to be one of the big differences where I think it will be a lower scoring game, especially early in the first half. I think the team's open it up in the second half, but my top side or total wager is under first half.
1: Good stuff from Ralph Michaels. And look, we're just getting started with this Super Bowl discussion. We got an angle that's cashed six straight times coming up next. After this brief commercial message, cover it continues. Stay tuned, Ralph and I, again, just getting started with this Super Bowl breakdown It's that week in between. (laughs) We've had football every Sunday since the beginning of August. That's actually not true. In the preseason, you don't have football every Sunday. But every weekend since the beginning of August. Not this weekend. First weekend without pro football or college football to bet on in months. Nonetheless, there is pro football or college football to bet on. You just won't get the results until Next week, we're talking Super Bowl right here on Cover It with Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV on Twitter. And Ralph, when it comes to recent Super Bowls, we did a little discussion on side and total earlier. Like You don't have a strong opinion on the side. Total-wise, you like the under, particularly the first half uh, under the total. When it comes to full game angles, correct me if I'm wrong, but the favorites have not been very good in recent Super Bowls. My numbers show... Super Bowl favorites at minus three and a half or higher. 0-6 oh, against the spread the last six. Two and 2-10 against the spread the last 12. If you wanted to lay with L.A., would that concern you? Or is that one of these deals? Each year is different. The fact that previous Super Bowl chalks haven't covered doesn't mean anything when it comes to this year's meeting.
2: Well, Teddy, you know, I think I'd probably lean with the Cincinnati side. You know, the dog has gone 12 and seven. But the one point I want to make is this you know, the Super Bowl straight up winner is 47, six and one all time. And the straight up winner has won 12 straight times. So when I look at that record, that the dog, what they've done, to me, my advice would be this. If you are betting the Bengals, take part of your wager on the plus the points and take a portion of it and bet them on the money line. Try to get that extra bang for your buck. We've seen that, again, the outright winner is going to cover most times, as I said, 47 out of the 53 with one push and 12 straight. So I don't worry about a Super Bowl dog or a favorite. You know, you look at this line. And you can clearly say, my gosh, look at the value on the Rams. Let's go back to August. You were talking about football in August. The Rams' season win total was ten and a half. These Bengals' season win total is six and a half. So you have a Rams team that was that much better at the beginning of the season with Stafford and playing at home, only laying four. Yeah,
1: I mean, from a, so one of the things that happens in the Super Bowl betting marketplace. That makes it a, the most unique betting event on the U.S. betting menu. It is. Number one, in the Super Bowl, there's enough public money that you have to factor in who the public likes. And number two is that when it comes to money lines for the Super Bowl, because there are so many recreational bettors, so many casual bettors that come into the play, a lot of the Cincinnati money comes in on the money line. And oftentimes the best quote-unquote value bet in the Super Bowl is betting the favorite on the money line in the hours before kickoff. That may not be the case this year. There's been a fair bit of wise guy support for LA and we am seeing them as we speak in the minus 190, minus 200 range on the money line buyback for Cincy anywhere from plus 160 to plus 175 depending on where you shop around. But we would anticipate those numbers going down between now and kickoff even if the wise guys like LA which they appear to do, the money's going to show for Cincy on the money line. If you like the Bengals on the money line, you bet that now, or would you wait, Ralph?
2: Well, Teddy, you and I know that most recreational people aren't going to open up their wallets 10 days in advance and take bets. You also know some of these big books, when they open up their props, the sharps are there waiting to pound on those. So I absolutely think if you have a public-type play like Cincinnati, if you're – if as you said, more people are going to bet Cincinnati money line later, I think it's advantageous to actually bet it now because Joe Public, when they start coming into town Tuesday, Wednesday next week for Super Bowl week, I think we start getting a lot of those people, you know, like you said, people – Get excited to bet $100 dollars and win more than a hundred. so that recreational money I think will drive it down later and I would bet Cincinnati money line now and I would wait for the Rams even though you said there has been some action on the Rams and and it's not quite what we're seeing. I think it will jump back to the normal this year.
1: Yeah and look it's it's very clear that the, the, the sharp side of this game, the wise guy side of this game is Rams and under. Though I have to say, Ralph, I've been in Vegas for 25 years. It's my 25th Super Bowl in town. And I don't even know if the Sharps are 50 50 on Super Bowl. I, I, I mean, they might be. With the props, they do very well. Sides and totals? Sharp or square side is not going to affect me one iota for this game. Um, I don't think it matters at all. And I've seen Sharps lose over and over again on sides and totals in the Super Bowl, haven't you?
2: Absolutely. And let's remember the Super Bowl is so unique. While in a regular season of NFL action on a Sunday at a 10 a.m. game in Vegas, you know, the sharp side is one thing. In the Super Bowl, the Sharps probably aren't even the largest percentage of money. You have these huge athletes and, and entertainment people and Mattress Max betting 500000 <laughs> a million at a shot, where it sways it, where, you know, that's not sharp action. That's public money, but just depending on what side they're betting, can affect it. It's the only game, I think, where non-sharks can affect an NFL game. If you start getting several million dollars by several different people at certain casinos, I think that's enough to move a line.
1: Yeah, sure is. So, we've talked Super Bowl history. We've talked a little side and total on the Rams-Bengals. We've talked some trends. We've talked some angles. We've talked everything about what we really want to talk about, and that is Ralph's Prop Sheet. Ralph, you put together this incredible sheet. It really is uh, something impressive. You can get it for free. Just download it from his homepage over at wagertalk.com. And it has the history of all of these different props. Year by year, you can see where the math shows. This is a good bet. This is a bad bet. This is a terrible bet. Let's go through them, Ralph. There are so many to talk about. And let's start with the bet that every recreational better seems to want to make and there isn't a pro in the world who'll make this bet. That's the coin toss. Now, I know because I watched the two overtimes that the last two coin tosses I've watched have both been called tails and landed heads with Casey getting the ball on OT both times. What do we see for Super Bowl history? Is there any edge to betting the coin toss?
2: You know, absolutely not. It's been a split. And in fact, I I thought I read an article this this time that they're using a commemorative coin, which is just going to have the two teams. So I'm not even sure if there's going to be a heads or tails prop this year, Teddy, because I think one side is just going to be one and the other side is going to be the other. And they're just going to flip it like the national championship and whichever's don't quote me on that, but they were talking about it or doing it. So, you know, why there are so many props that have legitimate value why take a chance on a 50-50? I will say this. In the last 12 years, you know, the team that won has deferred the last 11 years. The only team that, that won the coin toss and received was back in New Orleans in Super Bowl forty-four, What I talked about is one of my favorites, which turned out to be a negative. They took the ball. They received the ball. They went down, and they went scoreless in the first quarter.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, the team that wins or that receives the ball first— doesn't often go down and score. Let's talk about first play of the game. Lots of problems. And obviously there's no edge on coin toss. And I hope you out there in listener land understood this. When I was saying Ralph is there an edge here, I was kind of speaking tongue-in-cheek. Tongue and the reason that prop gets so much action is because it's before kickoff. You're catching bets before kickoff. It's like the National Anthem props used to get all that action. And anytime you're catching bets and the game hasn't even kicked off yet, you're in good shape. First play of the game. This is a popular prop. Uh, talk to me about the history of of first plays, Ralph.
2: Well, it's a three-way bet. The pass is usually about a minus a buck twenty, the rush is usually plus a buck thirty, and the penalty is plus a buck sixty. In the last twelve Super Bowls, there's been no penalty on the first play. Pass has pass has hit seven of the last twelve and a rush has obviously been four of the five Going back to Super Bowl Forty Eight, let's remember Seattle Denver first play was actually a safety, safety yeah. on, a, on a run play. So uh, the pass, which is minus, which is about minus one twenty, has won seven of the last twelve and four of the last six.
1: And I've never been. I mean, once in a while, you're really confident. I was so when the first play of the game of that game was uh, the Bronco safety. I look at my buddy I'm like game over. I was really confident uh, with that wager, and of course it was. Team to score first wins slash team to score last wins. Anything with either of those two props, Ralph, that better should be aware of?
2: Well, team to score first to win has actually won eight of the last 11 But each of the last two years, the team to score first does not win the game. KC scored first last year against Tampa and lost, and San Francisco sports scored first against KC. Teams to win last, Teddy, yes is normally about minus 155. No is plus 125. How about if we end this segment with an amazing number?
1: The
2: team to score last to win the game, yes has hit, each of the last 12 years, so you're getting a prop that's in the minus 155 range that has won 12 straight times.
1: Sure, and again, it's minus one, and it's not like this Super Bowl is priced like a blowout either. <laughs> you know, where you're like, all right, well, the, the other team can come in and they're down by 21, and then and then they're down by, by only 14 because they scored a late touchdown uh, to get a, you know to to make the score more respectable. Um, that's not been the case in any Super Bowl, and with a relatively short point spread here team to score last winning which is which is done the last 12 years in a row is something betters should probably be aware of so much more with Ralph michaels coming up next Covering with teddy covers continues after this
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in
1: the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. And listen, if you missed any portion of of today's program live. If you want to go back and check out past shows, archivers, we got every show, cover it with Teddy Covers, archived all the way back through the Super Bowl of last year, all major podcast outlets. You go to SybilCast.com and check out the archive versions. Whatever your podcast provider is, you can download this show and check out anything that you might have missed. If you want to hear Ralph breaking down The props, And there was one prop that Ralph was talking about earlier in the show that absolutely stood out to me. We kind of talked about it a little bit. I'm going to come with it here at the end of the show. And that's the no score in the first blank number of minutes. You can find five and a half, six, six and a half, seven. Some books have seven and a half minutes for the no score at a big plus price. Both of these teams want to run the football. I know Joe Burrow is a stud. I know Matthew Stafford is sometimes a stud. (laughs) But when it comes to the game plans, I'm telling you, McVay wants to hand the ball off to Cam Akers as many times as he can. And on the other side of the equation, Zach Taylor wants to hand the ball off uh, to Joe Mixon as many times as he can. This isn't about taking a quick early lead. This is about each team feeling each other out. (laughs) early on, and it's about trying to establish some level of dominance on the line of scrimmage. So I like the no score first, five and a half, six, six and a half, seven minutes. I like both teams to punt before they score individually, a pair of individual wagers. Will the Bengals punt before they score? Will the Rams punt before they score? I would bet the yes on both of those. So there you have it. Some initial Super Bowl thoughts. We've got so much more. Again, this is the end of today's show. We're going to do it again tomorrow. We're going to do it again next week right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sirius XM, channel 159. Stay on the grid.